So when you want me to run? I am a number two on the security team. Oh, cool. Or encounter. So, yeah. That's about it. That's about cool. it. So no, that's awesome. Sit around the table and they talk about what they want to do for content wise, and I'm just like, Whatever. I'll keep you safe. I'll keep you safe. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Whatever you guys want to do, I'm here oh, for great. it. That's great. I'm here for it. That's like the health and safety person in uh, churches in England. They basically just make sure no one gets hurt. Exactly. Yeah. And do you have to risk assess? Just out of curiosity. No, not really. Um, when we walk around, um, we're just kind of just observing people and yeah. making sure we're aware of people who are walking in and out and yeah. the random people who come in like mid-service like we want to be aware of those people oh yeah um, so That's Kyle cool. was like locked and loaded on Tuesday he was he? he had a big old vest on oh yeah yeah, yeah. What? he had a he had a weight vest oh that's what I thought it was that's what I thought it was, but I just really just wasn't sure. It's was yeah. like, mm. yeah, you armed like how much? It, it looked it looked like a like it looked like a almost it like a te- like legit, a Teflon. Right? I was like, I've got a bulletproof vest on. Um, <laughs> well, thank you for sitting down with us. I know your time is super precious this week. Yeah. Um, but um, we were actually just talking about some mission stuff, so we'll definitely have some questions as far as that goes. But yeah. um, I guess if you could just introduce yourself, um, who you are, what you're doing, that'll be that'll be good. No, you're doing a lot. Yeah, you're doing a short lot. and long version. <laughs> um, either or, honestly, we're fine with cool. both. Yeah. Because um, yeah. I'm sure. Also, maybe even like how you even got in, yeah. into it. So yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, I can do that. My name's Tina Hayes. I'm Tim's older sister, even mm. though people think I'm younger than mm. him because he's much taller. <laughs> um, I'm 23 years old, and I'm originally from the States, from California, from Bay Area, and I had gone to my first, like, test run of a college. You know how you, like, go in and, like, see what it's like, and yeah. you do the, like preview day I had done that for a nursing school Mm. in California Baptist University and I came back and I just started crying and I had this (laughs) moment with God where I was like I'm not ready for this like I don't know if I want to commit to this I don't know if I can do this and I just like felt God speaking peace and like there's another way so I was like okay I'm gonna see what else there is yeah so Hmm. I decided to take a gap year and to do missions first before a career. Gotcha. That was my thing. Like, I wanted to take a year to do missions before I got caught up in the, like, cycle of just making money and then having a family. Yeah. Because I didn't want to waste that opportunity. Correct. So I was like, all right, I'll just do one year and then I'll be done kind of thing. So I started kind of researching, but YWAM just kept, like, coming up. Yeah. So it stands for Youth with a Mission, and I ended up meeting tons of people that had done YWAM or mm. were interested in YWAM. Okay. And it was just like out of nowhere. I had never heard of it. And then suddenly oh, it was it was everywhere. Yeah. And <laughs> so I was looking up locations. And this might sound weird, but I wanted to go somewhere a bit rainy because I was like yeah. born and raised in California. And right. I was like, I kind of want to go somewhere different. And I loved Seattle. So I was like a European version of Seattle, right. maybe. So I was like, okay, I'll just go for London. So I literally typed it in. My sister called me. I was like, hey, I met someone who's done YWAM in London at mm-hmm. this base. And I was like, I just pulled up the application for a school they're doing. And she's like, oh, I think this might be God. So I'm like, all right, cool. Sounds good. <laughs> so I applied, did absolutely no research about what it was. Yeah. But it was a six-month training school. Um, called the Discipleship Training School, and they're run across the world with YWAM. Mm. And um, about halfway through that school, um, God just really gave me a piece about deleting all my university applications, giving up the scholarships mm. that I was going for. Yeah. And I called my parents in tears before I even started like yeah. the conversation. And I was like, hey, I don't think I'm called to go to university. And my dad was like, that's fine. We love you, and if God's called you, go for it. And that was, like, the moment I knew. If my parents were on board with it and God had spoken it, I was like, I have to obey. Like, there's no way that I can just turn around and pretend like my life hasn't been changed. Yeah. So You can't just go on with the trajectory that you had and be like, yeah, yeah, and not be partaking in that. Yeah, I think that's the thing I've learned most about the journey is, like, when God speaks, Mm -hmm. you have to obey. Like, there's no way that you can ignore Mm -hmm. that he's spoken, that calling in your life. Right, right. 
So it's kind of been my motto where like I'll say yes before the question's even asked because I know that God is good and mm. obedience is oh, always on. brings a blessing. <laughs> oh, come on. No, it's like no, genuinely, no, no, like no, that no, phrase, no, no, obedience no. brings a blessing has like just been the plan for my last like six years. So mm. basically I stayed until God said something different. So I was in London running training schools, doing outreach in Europe, then doing some outreaches outside of Europe and kind of like expanding yeah. um, all with YWAM and all with these discipleship training schools. So um, tons of young people coming in and just getting mm. calling for their life, purpose for their life, and yeah. then going out and doing missions in different countries. Um, and my mm. brother joined for a bit and that yeah. was really cool. We were just talking about that in the car. Yeah. Like, it's just so cool to do missions in family. Mm. And then God spoke about moving to pioneer a new YWAM location from nothing in a city called Nottingham, which is three hours north of London. Okay. So that's where I am currently. Gotcha. I'm Nottingham. 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 Nottingham, if you're from Nottingham. (laughs) 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 Yeah. Cool. That's kind of how I got to where I am now. Wow. Man. There's a, there's a lot in there. There's so much in there. I, I want to uh, unpack obedience again. Um, yeah. But let's open up in a word of prayer. Yeah. Cool. Um, 100%. We'll go, we'll go from there. Man, this is going to be great. <laughs> <laughs> um, wow. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for today. Um, thank you for just allowing us to be here and to uh, discuss um, the character of who you are, God, and just allowing it to flow our conversation to flow into this recording and to the listeners who are um, here to not meet with us lord but they're here to meet with you lord so mm-hmm. i pray that you uh, you just speak in a in a mighty way through us lord uh, for those who are listening in jesus name i pray amen. Amen. amen um i guess even from like the i know you i know we want to unpack obedience but i know that i know that there had to be a progression before you were able to willingly just obey like that. Yeah. Right. Um, so I don't know, maybe if it's two part, one would be leading up to the obedience, but one is like, you know, where did your personal conviction come from? Like, what did that look like when you accepted him as your own, not just because your parents said so or because yeah. they believed or things like that. And then the progress of how that led to that level of obedience that, that you were exerting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, well, I grew up in church, so, like, you yeah. always hear, like, stuff. My personal encounter with Jesus was when I was about 16. Mm. I was at um, an Acquire the Fire conference. I don't know if they do them anymore, <laughs> but it was, like, one of those, like, youth conference kind yeah, of things. Right. And I had gone because I liked someone there. <laughs> I was, like, hoping, like, <laughs> oh, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah. And the first night I ended up, like, on the ground in tears because yeah. I was filled with the Holy Spirit for the first time. Nice. So that is when I was, like, oh, this is personal, not just, okay. like, okay. A family kind of thing right and then I think the training school that I went through in YWAM helped to really actually mm. solidify my identity as like a daughter of God and yeah. not just some other person like then, I think the more personal God became to me yeah the more I think I had faith that he was actually who he said he was like the more he told me who I was mm. yeah. So a lot of that was like, I had so much fear. Mm. So once I stopped caring what people thought, it was easier to obey God. Or like when I stopped caring, um, yeah, like Mm. even just about my own like lies in my head. And I actually like learned to believe who I was and Mm -hmm. like walk in it and not be embarrassed by it or like ashamed Mm. of it, but actually proud of who God made me to be. Then that helped. So I think it was really like a journey of, discovering who I was in God that gotcha. led me to then trust him more. And so that was really, yeah. that was like a two year window, right? From when you like yeah, a- yeah. acquired the fire. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 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 uh, okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, yeah. So. And those two years weren't like necessarily super holy. Either. Right, like right, I right, was right, really right. just doing my own thing. Yeah. Like, oh, okay. I experienced the Holy Spirit, but it was not like, right. Ooh, now I'm going to be a missionary. Like yes, not at all. Yes. Like there were seeds that were planted, but they they definitely took a long took time. Took some time to grow. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Mm. That process. Um, yeah. It's real. But that I think that's the, the best part about it is because it's so authentic and it can relate to so many people who are out there doing their own thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but they do feel that tug from God. Yeah. And uh, that's real. Uh, I really like that. Um, 
Mm. Obedience, obedience. <laughs> Missions. When you feel the, the tug of God um, to go out into a place that you've never been before and to go out and do a mission, what does that feel like? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think initially it was frightening. Like to okay. say that I had peace was yeah. would be like an understatement. Like mm. I lost it so many times oh. along the way. Mm. I think it is a really scary place to be. But mm. um, I think the verse that talks about like in your weakness, he is strong. Mm. I think that verse for the first two years really, really kept me going yeah. because mm. I realized like God would only, well, he can shine through you more when you are weak. So yeah. I realized that the fear was actually an okay thing because that meant that I yeah. could trust him more yeah um mm. but over the years it's turned more into just like excitement like this right. like adrenaline to just like get this thing going like yeah. Yeah. the excitement once you see like the kingdom of God come to a place even for like a glimpse mm. it's contagious like I want to see it more and more so I almost go into like weird warrior stance where I'm like let's do this like <laughs> kingdom of God let's go so then I kind of get I get more pumped like yeah as I know what it looks like more and I know that he's good I'm like yes let's go for it so it's turned into like more of an excitement like warrior kind of hmm. kind of thing that's so. like I think the closest I've actually experience this is just here at Encounter like the more mm-hmm. people that I start to see come and the more people that I start to see giving their life mm-hmm. yeah. to Jesus and the salvations I'm like no this is awesome yeah. this is great yeah. and so I, just hearing that from you on the mission standpoint of like yeah. going out into a very new place you know San Jose is my home it's not new yeah um, so that's intriguing yeah very very intriguing what is the religious environment like uh, <laughs> like like out there right now. Yeah. Because uh, I mean, us and probably majority of our listeners probably have no idea. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know what I'm saying? So even just from like, a, it doesn't even have to be detailed. Like even from a watered down standpoint, like what is that like? Like, do they know um, the story that we've heard, or what are yeah. they? Are they like? Um, I don't know. Kind of like what is their congregation type? Yeah. You know, like. Yeah, Europe is in a weird state at the moment. So a lot of people were like, why aren't you in Asia or like South America? Why are you going to Europe to do missions? Mm-hmm. And the first five years, I've got to say, were ridiculously hard, like especially in England. And then when we would go to Germany mm-hmm. or Sweden or these places, they're like locked in intellectual mm. um, ties, like yeah. crazy. So churches are closing down like buildings are closing down all over europe the state churches in mm. europe yeah are like almost all gone wow. and they're like there's none of the spirit like it's just really it's really grim but yeah. in the last like 5 years the churches that are still there have been uh, praying like crazy yeah. like you just feel this prayer movement and i think there's been this really big shift so <laughs> even in england in the last 6 months we've felt like a crazy spiritual shift out of religiosity into yeah relationship Mm. so it's really different so you've still got all the denominations in europe correct i go to an anglican church which is the state church in england yes and it's so different from any church i've ever been to there's liturgy so like they there's a vicar who like reads a written prayer yeah and i was like what is this crap like this is catholic what is this but honestly with the spirit of god it like comes alive and Mm. so there's a lot of old traditions in the european church wow but there's a move of the spirit, so mm. it's all like coming alive again. Yeah. But it is definitely one of those things where you've got the like this everyone's intellectual, there's a lot of atheism in mm. Europe at the moment, but then there's also this like craving for something real. So yes. I think because the church has been dead for a really long time, people right. are turning to other things. There's a lot of new age stuff going on in Europe at the moment. Yeah. Um, but then again, there's this like revived church that's nice. kind of springing up. So wow. you get the wow. both, yeah, the both end. But right. it's been a journey. It's been a really big journey for Europe, I think. I think Across to be honest, board. that sounds exactly like what's going on. Honestly, yeah. yeah. I was just gonna say that the Bay Area sounds yeah. exactly like that. I've come back <laughs> to the Bay Area a couple times since going. So I've been there six years, and I've come home almost every year and a half or so. Mm-hmm. And coming back this time is so different. And I don't know what's changed or what's happened, but. Mm there's so many crossovers to what's been happening. Like even talking to church leaders and like 
in the Bay Area realizing, like, we need to be united in this. Like, mm-hmm. there needs to be kingdom being built. Like, there's a conversation that's happening in the Bay Area that yeah. is really fresh. Right, And it's right. really, it, like, excites me in right. the same way I'm excited about England. So it's really, wow. it's quite cool. Which interests me in thinking about that because, like, when you look at the Bay Area, whether it's, like, business, sports, um, music, agriculture, all of those things, we obviously excel phenomenally at all of them so i think being able to find a way to use all those same things to turn the conversation and that same (laughs) brain trust that has been built here uh, to change that Mm -hmm. conversation i think yeah uh is uh i don't know i don't know what it's gonna look like but no yeah it's um, exciting so even from like the base of like um I haven't even done any research into mission trips outside of conversations that I've heard about it and things like that. So do they all like look the same? Do you have different kind of like quote unquote jobs? Like some <laughs> people go build houses. Like, yeah. you know, like what are some of like even just like the common things that you that you that you have to do with your time out there? Not have to do, yeah, but you know, no. you know what I'm saying? I think it looks different depending on what country you're going to. So, like, my first mission trip was actually with my church in the Bay Area, and we built a house in Mexico. Okay. That's, like, the thing we did. Um, But in Europe, a lot of what we do is prayer and worship. So, we'll go and we'll always connect with the church. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, like, we were in France for, like, I think three weeks over the Euro Cup. Mm -hmm. And we did worship and evangelism every single day. So, we, I mean, we took, like... We had two days off, but yeah. every day that we were going, we were going. So we would go out and we would just worship for about an hour in the streets. Yeah. And the amount of conversations that just come out of singing of Jesus in yeah. the streets is wow. unreal. Mm. And then we would just go treasure hunting. I don't know if you've heard of that, where basically you just ask God for like anything. Yeah. So it could be like a red hat or, you know, like a crutch yeah. or these kind of things. And then you spend the rest of the time trying to find those people and just tell them like, hey, you're on God's heart today. Can I pray for you? And it's sick, the kind of things that happen. <laughs> oh Honestly, my it gosh. is so sick. So there's this guy who, one of our leaders, was just standing by a fountain because uh-huh. that's what he really felt. And this girl came up and was like, I like, I was told to come to this fountain, right? And I have no idea, and I just need help, and blah, blah, blah. And he's like, can I pray for you? And he just ended up with her, like, giving her life to Jesus. And it's one of those wow. things where you're like, it's, it's great to, like, give out, like, pamphlets. And I know right. people that do that. I know there's people that, like, want to, like, just declare the gospel. But we found that, like, spirit-led evangelism where you just ask God for a person. Mm-hmm. And you don't even have to have a word for them. You just right. kind of, you can just go up and be like, hey, I was praying today. And I got this, this, and this. You're that person. God loves you. Yeah. And, like there will be a conversation out of that, you know? Yeah, interesting. In Europe, that's what we found to be quite explosive because people have heard about the gospel in many different ways. Um, They've had it, like, yelled at them. They've had it preached to them. They've had it given to them in a word form. But when you do it by the Spirit, it's different. Yeah. Um, In the Middle East, it's a lot of, like, compassion ministries. So, like, we... We were in Lebanon for about three weeks as well and in Israel Mm. and refugee camps. And a lot of it is just loving people because they don't speak your language really you can't yeah. really communicate necessarily so it's yeah. about being the gospel mm. um wow so what does that look like <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah it's <laughs> interesting yeah well just recognizing that everything that we do and the way that we love each other is yeah. the way that people are going to see the kingdom like it talks about that in the last prayer where jesus says like you will they will know my love by the way that you love each other mm. yeah. so recognizing that when we're on the streets and when we're off the streets, our relationships as a team need to be yeah. pure so that even our host families or the people at the corner shop or mm. like those kind of people get to see the love of Jesus. Wow. So it's a little bit harder to see the fruit when you do that. Honestly, you yeah. can kind of feel like you're just another charity that's going right. in and like giving them resources. Yeah. But it is so powerful when you do it in with God's love and not like human advantage or those yeah. kind of things. So. What is the um, most dramatic move of God that you've seen during this? Dramatic move of God. Um, (laughs) That's so hard. (laughs) Um, One that I find really dramatic for me, because I love love Muslims. I absolutely 
love them. And I think that they are brothers and sisters that just Mm -hmm. are missing the seed of truth, which is Jesus. Like, I really think that there's like a gospel plan for them. Mm. Um, So we did a series on Easter for some of the Muslim women that we meet with in Nottingham. And at the end of the series, we had one of the women just stand up and be like, the Quran said that Jesus stayed dead, but I don't believe that. I think he rose from the dead. And we're like, Whoa. that's wow. a miracle. Like yeah. the fact that she got herself to even admit that Jesus is who he says he is, yeah. is like one step closer to right. living with him. So hmm. for me, that's a huge miracle. I know that there's like, we've seen healings, no, yeah. we've seen other stuff, but that is like, in this day and age, that's something that is really miraculous, I yeah. think. Yeah, because recently we've been talking about, like, just, I mean, obviously, you know, your own relationship and coming to that with Jesus in your own personal way is obviously infinitely great for yourself, but it's also dynamically shifting for the people around you. Yeah. Um, so even that one lady standing up and declaring that amongst other um, Muslim women yeah. will then put the magnifying glass on her so they will be watching her yeah. every step and move mm-hmm. and watching how Jesus works through her yeah. to the point where they then all say, whoa, like you might be yeah. right here. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, so, yeah um, it is true. <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah. That is so crazy. Yeah. Well, oh even gosh. like with finding Jesus for myself in the first bit of the training school and yeah. then going out and yeah. living it. Like, right. You get a, yeah. you get an application opportunity. Yeah. Like, and you yeah. overflow. Like it's not about like Correct. turning it on and off. Like mm-hmm. you can't really do that. Like it's just like the overflow of the process yeah. that really impacts people, hmm. I think. What does your own intimate <laughs> time with God look like? <laughs> Oh. It sounds like you're with the people, a lot of people all, all the time. Yeah. Like is, yeah. It, is it routined out? Not like not from a redundant standpoint, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So with YWAM, you live in community. So I live in a house with, at one point it was 20 people. Now that I'm in Nottingham, it's there's six people. It's a couple with a small baby, mm. wow. two other girls I share a room with, and then we've got some people that are living with us that aren't with YWAM. Wow. Um, so... It, it, there, it's really hard to find space. Yeah. Um, uh, one of the like spiritual disciplines we call them of YWAM is to take an hour in the morning before we start any activity to mm. spend with God. So it is kind of sectioned out. Yeah. Um, what you do with that is kind of up to you. Yeah. Correct. I I write like prayer with God because that keeps mm-hmm. me like from being distracted. Yeah. And then sometimes I'll just read the Bible out loud to like let it wash over me. Sometimes mm. I'll just study the word sometimes it's just worshiping like it just depends on the day but it is an hour in the morning that I just Mm -hmm. take with God and I think sometimes we can feel like quite rigid about that and we're like oh but that's religiosity but honestly you kind of have to tell yourself I'm gonna do it here because otherwise in our busyness yeah we lose correct we lose it I think even being home it's really hard because I'm like it's just so There's busy. There's so much going on. So, like, yeah. I've got to be honest, I haven't sat down for that hour wow. in the last, like, three days. Yeah. So, and you kind of... So I have to take those... <laughs> you have right. to take those moments whenever you can get them. And there are seasons where you can't take that hour, but it's, like, choosing to, like, turn off the radio in the car and just talking to him. Or, like, mm. you know, like, wow. those kind of things. Like, it's it's possible to have it without the hour. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> just being aware, just being aware yeah, that yeah. you need it, um, yeah, is, is very key. Yeah. Wow. Hmm. I know. I think a lot of us relate with that though, because if we didn't have somebody to hold us accountable, mm-hmm. um, we're all gonna fall short in our yeah. in our own ways. And so, I mean, fortunately for the amount of time that you've spent with God. Um, you spend time with him as you go about your day. Mm-hmm. Um, so you losing that one hour, yeah, to the person maybe being newer to the faith that might be immensely more mm-hmm. detrimental uh, to their day, how they conduct themselves, to their reminders, things mm-hmm. like that. Um, but because you've had the practice and the repetition yeah. and the consistency, you can still be with him as you go throughout your day. Yeah. Um, but... Yeah, with anything, with anything. It doesn't even have to be with with religion, with spirituality, with any of that. Anything, you know, like me uh, trying to start my own businesses when I don't have somebody around me, it's yeah. all on integrity. Like, I don't mm. have to do mm. that work. I don't have somebody yeah. constantly watching me, looking over me, anything like that. So 
um, I think we all struggle with that in our own ways. So yeah, definitely. Hmm. Um, on the practice and consistency side of what you were talking about, Rudy, how do you develop your own, or how did you develop your own sense of like hearing from Him, God? Yeah. Um, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I've got that question a few times. Yeah. Uh, of just like, how do you know this is not like my own mind mm-hmm. uh, running uh, wild or this is like actually God I have a speaking. three hour teaching on hearing the voice of God oh, if you beautiful. want that yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow no I actually just taught that on one of the training schools but it's so it's so hard to boil it down honestly do they record those things uh, maybe actually well, we'll, we'll stay in contact. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because even if we can, in the description box for this episode, even if we can link them to yeah, something yeah. like that, that would be yeah. great. So, um, yeah, yeah no, it's, it's so hard because it's all about your heart attitude about yeah. it. I think that would be the, like, number one thing is, like, like because I think most of the time, God is always speaking. He wants to speak to us. Right. Like, that is not a question about it. Hmm. I think we put like cotton buds in our ears sometimes and so it's very muffled and as we start like removing the blockages to hearing his voice like Mm -hmm. fear or like condemnation or those kind of things that we've been told by the enemy or we tell ourselves like as we start taking those out we'll hear him clearer and we'll know because there are different voices there's lies of the enemy there's our own crap there's Mm -hmm. other people and then there's god so Mm -hmm. we do need a whole lot of discernment so Mm -hmm. i would just encourage people to ask for that discernment and to like Mm. recognize that he's speaking because I think sometimes we're like oh he doesn't he's quiet or he doesn't want to talk to me or he like and that was a big thing for me was like God just doesn't want to talk to me today and he's like no I'm always speaking I want to speak like I might not be speaking about the exact question you're asking but I'm always speaking you know and it's like learning to ask questions in different ways yeah, as well. Because sometimes we're like, is it A or B? And God's like, well, I can't speak on either of those because it's actually it's something else. Yeah. But we're only asking about two ways yeah. instead of like, God, yeah. what is your will for me? Or what do you have to say for me? Or what right. do you have to say about me? Like those kind of questions open up a whole other way for God to speak. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's not having the right answers. It's asking the right questions. Yeah, 100%. yeah exactly. Yeah. I think... Uh, for people listening, if if you are trying to get to that point of trying to hear his desires for you or hear his word for you or even just feel him in general um, and you feel your attention shifting back and forth and you hear conflicting messages, I think, one, asking the right questions, yes, mm-hmm. um, but two, persisting and just staying yeah. with that moment and doing everything you can to silence your mind, silence your environment. Yeah. And if that answer doesn't come in 20 minutes, it's not coming in 20 minutes. Like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like, you're going to have to stay there. <laughs> and I think when it comes back to obedience, being willing to stay in that moment and sometimes even demanding like, yo, I'm not going to do anything. I will stay yeah. here as long as I need to stay here yeah. to get this answer. Or I will come back to you every day with the yeah. same question and yeah. just sit and wait until you finally give yeah. me an answer. Um, yeah. It's like the story mm. of Samuel in the Bible. You know, when he hears like God audibly speaking. Yeah. He's sleeping next to the altar. Like he's right. He positioned just wouldn't himself yeah. Yeah. in the presence of God for that moment. You know, and that was one of the things that I was so <laughs> struck by that story. It's yeah. like he's not in the other room with Eli. Like he's mm. he's in a, probably in a very uncomfortable place, yeah. laying That's right awesome. by the presence of God or where yeah. the presence of God would have been. Yeah. So it's just like putting ourselves in those places right. where God can openly speak to us. What is a piece of scripture specifically <laughs> that you're resonating with right now? Oh. Um, or maybe for the last piece of time or something like that. I know yeah. you said that the strength and weakness was yeah, one you yeah. used for like the first two years, but what are you using now? Yeah. I have a tattoo about it actually. Okay. It's there the we go. word abide. Um, abide. Yeah. John 15 is like massive for me because okay. I'm one of those people that hears truth and then will like forget about it two seconds later and like run away. Yeah. So <laughs> I need that. And I think we're all in some yeah, ways yeah, like absolutely. I constantly am like, God, you are love and I'm like completely loved in you. And then I turn around the next second and I'm yeah. like, where can I get love? And it's like, that's so dumb. Right. Like, yeah. Right. So I think God's in different layers. God is always talking about remaining yeah. in that place, remaining 
like connecting mm. to him and that's where fruit comes from mm-hmm. that's where pruning comes from process comes in that but the like the command to remain yeah. and to be connected to him and realize that mm. all all things come through him so even those times of pruning that hurt like that's his grace and like the fruitfulness that's like his abundance like but it mm. all comes when we yeah. when we remain mm. connected to the source of life mm. Because it can, it can become quite easy, especially when you're, like, constantly doing things for God to just do things. And then you yeah. become a dead branch that's not connected to the source, you know. So I think yeah. it's that, like, call on my life to stay connected to him mm-hmm. so that I'm fruitful in him, not in, like, my own yeah good stuff. Gotcha, you know? gotcha. So that's one that I is, like, constantly, wow. constantly being reminded of. <laughs> yeah. Um... So you've been doing missions for how long exactly now? It'll be six years, six years. in October. Um, <laughs> so if you had, so, you know, okay, so from the concept of luggage, right? Yeah. You yeah. packed a bag, things that you thought you were going to need <laughs> to take with you. Um, so if you had, like, after experiencing it now, if yeah, you yeah. had a spiritual bag um, of traits that you could pack <laughs> to oh. be prepared for what you've gone through... For people that would want to get into missions or anything yeah. like that, what would that spiritual bag consist of? This is why I hang out. What the heck? Oh my god, what's the joke about? Oh. He's a sniper. James. Uh, <laughs> like, oh crap. Um. And I, you know, I mean, obviously you can, yeah. you'll, you'll need all of the attributes, yeah, of course, you, you need but the character if you, if like, you were obviously. in an emergency and you just had to grab a yeah. handful of things, what would be the things that stick out the most? Um, I think praise is one thing that I've learned wow. is like a weapon mm-hmm. to be used. Yes, it is. I think when you're feeling tired, when you're feeling discouraged or when you hear the enemy praise is something that i learned is like a massive weapon so Mm -hmm. that would definitely be in my tool belt um Mm -hmm. obedience obviously is something like that that like reckless love that will say yes even when you're like scared or when you feel like you're not like good enough or those kind of things like the obedience Mm. aspect of that um and then like trust goes along with that i think Mm. um I think expectancy that God's actually going to move. I think a lot of the times we're so discouraged because we look at the world around us, but like hope Mm. and like, Mm. like that kind of mindset is something that is really good. Um, Okay. I would say like, obviously your spiritual gifts, like recognize what they are, know what they are and then grow Mm. in what they are and then ask for the other ones, you know, like he says. Right. What is your spiritual gift? And the five-fold ministry kind of thing, I'm a prophet teacher. That's something that I've learned over the years. Um, and I'm also, like, I'm a worshiper. I know that I'm meant to be a worshiping, like, warrior for mm. Jesus, basically. Wow. Um, right. mm. Your number one was praise, so I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> basically, that's my, that's my thing. And then I've, I've learned, because in Wyoming, you kind of have to, you, you learn them all, like, mm you like kind of have to grow in it and that's one of the main mm. things that you grow in character by serving mm. and so by serving other ministries that you're not necessarily strong in yeah you can you just grow in character and then you can wield your giftings better so wow. we, mm. we do a lot of that where I'll you know I'll serve in the kitchen and I hate cooking I'm terrible at it but you got to do it you know yeah. or you'll serve with yeah. kids and I'm not really sure but you learn yeah. a lot for them so go for it you know so right. it's kind of like you kind of learn your giftings mm. through trying different things I think wow. um, yeah. learn your giftings through trying different things yeah huh you had to, you know, in elementary and middle school, you had to try the chess team. You had to yeah. try the spelling bee. Yeah. You had to try sports. You had to try dance, whatever, gym, yeah, yeah. whatever it's going to be so you find out yeah. what you're even uh, good at. Yeah. Mm. And we spiritual giftings, like, we're, we're able to have all of them. Like, he yeah. says, like, keep asking for the giftings. Wow. Keep asking. So it's one of those things where, like, <laughs> we're created to house Jeez. all of them. Yeah. There's some that will be more natural and more, like, readily available to yeah. us but you can still acquire the other yeah ones. you can you can ask for them definitely mm. so do you even 
look at what's next? Like, do you, you know what I'm saying? Do yeah. you even, do you even think about it? Or are you, are you so engulfed in where you're at that that doesn't even cross your mind? Like, no, yeah, it does. I know, I, I know for a lot of people here, we're all constantly, we have a hard time being present, um, yeah. because we're always focused on, you know, what's coming, where the next check's coming from or yeah. where the next opportunity is going to pop its head out. And, um, yeah, I get asked the question a lot, like, mm. so when's your gap year over? Yeah, like, right. I've gotten so many messages from relatives and being like, so That's you've been right. there four years. When are you going to start living your life? Right. Like, I've gotten a lot of backlash from just wow. kind of rolling with whatever God says. Yeah. Mm. Um, I, yeah, I kind of. My my big thing is to stay until God says something different. Right. So that's kind of what I stand on. Hmm. Um, so even people will be like, are you going to do this your whole life? And sometimes it's tempting to be like, yes, because that's what it feels like in the moment. But yeah. that's also like controlling. So I'm like, no, yeah, I'm, right. I'm here until God says move. Yeah. And that's kind of how I want to live. Wow. So life. how do you ride it? How do you ride in that? Uh, not like how do you? Well, yeah. I mean, how do you even deal with that mentally? Because... Yeah. Our attention span, right, is so short yeah. um, that it can be easy to have just ADD and just be, you know, all over the place thinking about yeah. different things and having different ideas and stuff like that. Yeah. It can be easy to be selfish and say, well, this is what I want to do and, yeah. and things like that. So how do you abide yeah. in uh, in that moment and in remaining in that moment for as long as yeah. he has you there? Yeah. Um, we had a teaching about like throwing away the stopwatch and mm. like just stop stop looking at time. stop looking at the clock like yeah. stop looking at the timetable stop looking at the year stop looking because like and so that was from he, YWAM teaching right? yeah yeah, yeah. Okay, gotcha so because <laughs> so because a lot of the times like my seasons with God haven't been like the first of the month right. January first this is when everything's changing like yeah. it's a random time where you just feel like oh something's moving Mm. like that's what kind of made me move to Nottingham was just this feeling and God was speaking and I was listening along a couple months really and then it just felt like a season was was coming so it's yeah it's being aligned to his timetable and not like our own and Mm. the world kind of um (laughs) yeah it's hard though it's really hard especially like I'm in my mid-20s so people are like when are you gonna marry when are you gonna have kids where are you gonna live you don't have a salary what are you gonna do like all these kind of things and it it does like I'm not perfect and not like trying to plan ahead correct but um seven second second Timothy at the time is only slow as you know it I'm not slow, but taking my time to make sure that everybody has their chance of salvation. So. Oh, that's yeah. sick. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm just blown away at how similar your life is compared to us. Yeah. Um, I think living in the Silicon Valley, it gets very uh, awkward when you f- want when you feel like you know what I can't move until God tells me to yeah. move. But Silicon Valley is, you know, go, 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 go. Yeah, like, yeah. What do you mean? You know, you're yeah. not working right now. What do you mean? You're, yeah. You know, I just feel like this is what God wants me to do right now. And yeah. this, this is so, such an, um, uh, I'm just, I'm blown away listening to you talk about how you listen to the prompting of God and he speaks to you. And when um, he doesn't speak to you, you're going to, you're going to stand still and do what he's already told you yeah. to do. Yeah. Um, it's very, very inspiring. Um, and I think Oops. God's cultivating mm-hmm. a generation of that yeah. yeah true true believers and followers um yeah. that's, that's cool. i'm just excited for what's to come yeah um what is from a practical standpoint what is that system what is that training school like what does that look like financially um you know what i'm saying because like yeah i mean i'm assuming you're not getting paid no. right so, yeah. so what is that burden not burden but what does yeah. that look like um you yeah so no one in wyoming gets paid correct um the training school there's like a set cost for each month and there's an outreach so gotcha. i raised that just by working yeah um, mm-hmm. and then um I did another leadership school after the training school, and I also worked for a month back in the States. Yeah. And I had a few people donate, but not really many, and mm-hmm. then I just kind of paid it through that. Yeah. Um, and then a year kind of went by, and I didn't even have money for, like, toothpaste. I'm yeah. like, oh, crap. Yeah. Because <laughs> people don't really believe that you're doing missions when you've just, like, peaced out and gone to London. Like, right. that was really hard for people to grasp. Yeah. But, um, 
I now, my home church, Crossroads Bible Church, they have me on the mission board. So nice. they support me monthly yeah. financially. Wow. Um, and then just getting people that actually believe in the vision of yes. building the kingdom there. So I don't just want money from random people. No, of like, course, of course. I, so something that God spoke was building a team of people that are like committed to the vision. Yeah. So I've been blessed with so many cool friends and family and even people that I don't know, like across mm-hmm. the world that like have actually supported me. So there's been moments where I've had absolutely nothing and God's miraculously provided for something. Right. But I will more recently, I kind of have a steady team around me. Right. Cause that's what I was going to say. I mean, you know, God says he's clothed you, fed you and yeah. done all the things that you really need. So, I mean, as long as your essential needs are provided for, yeah. you have everything that you need to move. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it, it's, uh, obviously, you know, people here are thinking in terms of like rent and like, how much do it's I have to pay? How much do I have to, how much do I have to, um, invest? And, uh, you know, I think for a lot of people listening, um, taking a missions trip that lasts that long sounds impossible because it's mm. like, I will have no money saved up for my future. Yeah. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. how can I possibly do that? I can't come back to the Bay Area after six years of, yeah. you, you know what I'm saying? Like, I can't even take a year or two years off um, of making no money because then I have nothing when I'm back in yeah. the Bay Area. So um, yeah. it's uh, it's bold, you know what I'm saying? It's just bold. And mm. um, But that's... Yeah. That's the whole message, right? You know yeah, what I'm saying? That's the is. that's yeah. the whole message. So yeah. I, it definitely, um, yeah, obedience. Obedience has to be there. Um, yeah. And knowing that, like, geez. even your job here mm-hmm. is the provision of God. Correct. Correct. So, like, the money you're getting now is God providing. Yeah. So the same God will right. provide for you when you're not here or when right. you don't have that job or right. when you don't, you know. Yeah. And I think that mindset like I had a job in London I was a nanny mm. and that was a way that I like get some extra to, fun yeah, going, yeah. To, um, but that was God providing for me and that was like a clear and so in my like I could just go and get a job as a nanny now again in Nottingham and earn mm-hmm. loads of money because yeah. it's like well really good right. paid job like it would be really easy to just do that again mm-hmm. but it's like actually God's providing for me in another in way, way in yeah. this season so I think it's mm. just like again mm. recognizing the like timing of God Hmm. But he he will provide if it's yeah. his way. Like right. I've seen crazy like crazy things come in last minute, and it's just another like confirmation that God wants you to do it. Like right. I think I think he spoke most through providing than like me knowing that that was an open door. Hmm. So, um, do you? I mean, I, I feel dumb asking this question. <laughs> what is your method and I think we already know this but what is your method in coping um with anxiety um with uh being there being anxious or waiting for God to move and being anxious about that sometimes because you waited till the last minute not to you waited till the last minute but something came in at the last minute (laughs) (laughs) you know you had you were anxiously waiting in those times um so how do you deal with with that waiting period? Yeah, it's, it's hard. <laughs> I don't think I have a method. To no, be really no, honest. no particular go-to. I mean, I, it's you just you're yeah. like growing the muscles of trust. Yeah. So as much as you pray, as much as you ask God, I, I think to ask other people to pray with you would be something I would mm. say. Um, I have a discipler that yeah. like just keeps me accountable to what God is saying mm. and going to them and like just voicing the anxiety probably gets it out of your head a little bit more. Yeah. But it's never, it's never really easy. Yeah. I think, um, were you ever, well, obviously you're, you said you were raised in the church. So with your parents, it was probably easier. But when you talk to other people about it, were you ever worried or did you second guess like anytime it might not be now, but like in early stages, did you ever second guess your own calling um, and, and talk and trying to talk to other people about it. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah, definitely. I think, uh, people that aren't Christians, it's harder to explain it to Yeah. Cause they, they genuinely think I'm just wasting my life. Yeah. Like I've joined a cult and I'm off the grid. Right. Like, so even now, like I'm meeting relatives for the first time in six years at yeah. my sister's wedding and they're like, so you've abandoned, like there's a lot yeah. of, wow. 
there's a lot of things where like the enemy is over like still mm, yeah. like you've wasted your life you've got no savings and even like how expensive it is in the bay area like mm-hmm. you could never come back and live a normal life like right. there's a lot of lies so hmm. there, there's definitely always going to be that like yeah. opposition to it because it's not normal like living in the kingdom is not no, normal no but even even for you guys like living here it's not normal Correct. people will always like question that i think mm. So I've mm. definitely had moments. And even like with evangelism, like telling people about Jesus, like yeah. I sucked at that in the beginning. Like yeah. I, during our first so time at <laughs> uh, evangelism, I hid in a Starbucks for an hour because I didn't want to talk to anyone. Like I was wow. not a natural wow. at this. Like this yeah. is not something that I've had a burning passion to do my whole life yeah. at all. I it's mean, just in knowing God that I've actually done it. So I mean, that's, how, that's, that's one of the factors that even went into this podcast was not even knowing how to go about doing that like i can see myself as a people person but then as soon as it comes to like go go up and talk to this guy about me like (laughs) uh, (laughs) where do i start like you know what i'm saying so So, um and i've even only really ever had one encounter with somebody else that was fishing for men that i met and it was perfect timing for me like testimony wise but the moment just flashed and blurred so quickly that i couldn't even process the steps that he took to get me there you know like he he came up to me and asked me about my my warriors jersey so he got me talking about basketball but like then it was just like but like you know just like all of a sudden a different conversation so it's just like i guess that i guess that would be a good practical question and i don't expect like a very detailed response but like now after practicing in those trials what is that process like or what is the mentality like when you're gonna go up to somebody that you've never talked (laughs) to uh, and you're just gonna I know obviously sometimes like you said you do the treasure hunting so you ask for people so that can be a different level of encouragement like oh this is obviously the specific person I'm supposed to talk to but like what what is that process like like how do you do that I think sometimes it's quite natural because I'm obviously not from England and so people will be like oh why'd you move here and I'm like Jesus and then you can kind of (laughs) you kind of roll with it so like because I'm not a natural evangelist like that is not one of the things that I would consider like like I'm very much a teacher I'm very much prophetic like that's something I'm great at but Mm. the evangelist side of things like I've I've learned to stop like condemning myself because I'm not telling people about Jesus all the time because Mm. I think with uh, there's a there's a passage that talks about like always be prepared to give an answer mm. for the questions people have about your hope, so right? yeah, yeah yeah so the the like challenge there would be like live a questionable life so people ask those questions mm. and then you engage like, yeah wow. so then you've got the answer so in some in some like wow. people it'll yeah. just be living a questionable life mm-hmm. So that your friends around you will know that you're a Christian, not just, (laughs) (laughs) honestly, it's something I've been sitting with for a while and I I preached on it at my church and it was just one of those things where it's like, are we busier versions Mm -hmm. of our non-Christian friends or are we actually like, yeah really living out the kingdom so that was that's one of those things where I'm like, even as a missionary, like, am I just doing great things or am I? So half so that of it is what is, we're doing then. Yeah, yeah. Half of it is. <laughs> that is what this is. That is what this is. Questionable lies. People are asking. Yeah, exactly. And then yeah, you, you right. that is. <laughs> that I makes mean, me feel so much better. Yeah, that is being like <laughs> yeah. evangelistic. Yeah. It's not yeah. being an evangelist. Right. Like, it's, you're still walking in evangelism. Right. Yeah. Um, I think the like out there evangelists like my brother is flipping fantastic mm. he shared the gospel with a lady at Safeway and I was like mate we have to go and he's like no 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 hold like, on hold on and he's he's very much <laughs> about the like he stop said, and talk you know <laughs> yeah exactly he preaches to me all the time like in London we'll go out and he's like talking to this homeless guy he's talking yeah. to this guy he's going over mm. here and I'm like I just want to go get dinner like yeah. I'm very much not yeah but for some people, it is that where God will just highlight someone and just go and, you know, share a word of encouragement. Or yeah. I think for me, the thing is just to engage in a conversation and be like, hey, I'm a Christian. Is there anything I can pray for yeah. in your life? Because I think prayer is something that across the board people know. Like, can I, like, even Catholics or Muslims or, like, even New Age people, they'll they'll recognize what meditation or prayer is. So that's kind of like an easier window. Mm. And then we all know how to prophetically pray for people like that's something we can do in the church even like so i think that's probably the easier way in Hmm. um 
to sharing the gospel. Okay. I'm still taking notes. <laughs> it's okay. I still don't get that one. No, I think I've, I've literally been sitting with that concept um, yeah. of living a questionable life. Because I read that verse of like, are you prepared to give an answer for your hope yeah. um, that you have? And I was just like, well, I mean, Jesus, you're good. You know? Yeah, yeah. That's kind of yeah. my answer. Right. And, and, <laughs> and then I thought about it and I was like, dang, but it, it's powerful to Christians. But mm. to somebody who doesn't know, it's not that powerful because they mm. don't know you are Jesus and, yeah and so he started to like kind of speak to me on um, live your life and the way I want you to live it and in that way in that sense you're going to show how powerful I am yeah and so I was just like okay and then when you said you have to live a questionable life so people ask about it and I was like okay now that makes sense so, yeah that's good that's that's really good you are that's on cool. here preaching to <laughs> us that is great mm-hmm mm-hmm Oh, the Hayes family. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, no, that's good. That's really good because we've been um, thinking about different ways on how we want to expand this and this platform yeah. and how we want to go doing about that. And the best way we can do is look at examples that have already, you know, it's not necessarily about reinventing the wheel, but yeah. putting a car in a different location, right? Yeah. So. Um, that we've just been trying to learn and kind of figure some of those stuff out. And I was just talking to him about missions earlier and like, do we need to start domestically or internet? Like what are, yeah. you know, how can we do partnerships? Like we have to do a lot of homework obviously, but, um, no, that's good. Um, yeah. that's really good. Yeah. Hmm. That's really cool. I think that like just even coming to like encounter, I think there's something so special mm-hmm. and like the spirit is definitely moving. Yes. And it's one of those things where. If you allow it to overflow, like you're gonna, mm-hmm. you're gonna like be doing mission. Like, yeah. And I think if those those platforms are there, like, yeah, you're gonna you're gonna see a lot of people just naturally do missions in their own place because of what they're experiencing of God. Mm-hmm. Like, and do you have a prophetic word for encounter Ooh. or <laughs> us in Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I, I, well. Let me think. <laughs> Let me pray. Uh, I don't know. I just think it's the beginning. Like, yeah. it really does feel like, even though you guys have probably been doing it for a long time, it mm-hmm. does feel like there's a beginning, like, happening spiritually. And yeah. there's there's so much more, not just in what you're already doing, but, yeah. like, it's, like, one direction and then other directions. Like, I think... Mm-hmm. One direction and then other yeah because like you guys like just in like that one night i went to like there's so much power in that one like stream of of like church activity like that is massive that is really cool yeah and i think out of that there's going to be other things that multiply so like in new ministries and new that like that kind of stuff like i think yeah i definitely think that would that would be something that i felt did you, uh, so you came to Encounter before, like all the times you've come home, you've come. To, no, no, that was my no. first time. So Tim, how long has he been coming? Two years. Two years. No, he yeah. started in January, I think. Something like that, no? Because he, he um, That's came right. home from YWAM in November. That's mm. right. I was home over Christmas and he still wasn't coming here. Yeah. So he just started in January. Wow. This kid, I know, he gets his yeah. fingers in everything. Right? Yeah, everything. <laughs> it seems like he's been here forever. Yeah, oh, wow. yeah, because he was in London with me for two years hmm. before that. Wow. Yeah, we got to get him on here, man. He's got some crazy stories. Him yeah. and CJ. Him and yeah. yeah. Oh, CJ's epic. They're so cool. Yeah, we're, we're trying to get them on here soon. Yeah, talk about living by faith. They, like, hiked the Alps yeah. for, like, I know. three we weeks want, we want with to hear nothing. About it. With nothing, literally nothing. Yeah. Your stories are in. Did you do the hike? No. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> no. We've talked about this, the, yeah. the girl version, but I don't think. I, well, hopefully it'll happen soon. I don't know. I would love to, but not how they do it. No. Too that's, much. That's crazy. Yeah. I mean, that's that's bold, though. It's very bold. That's bold. That's really bold faith. Yeah. Oh, hmm. yeah. He it, shows up boldly. Yeah. Yeah. He shows up boldly. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah, it is really cool. And it's all about, like, men getting together and, like, really hearing God in a very practical, active way, which yeah. I think is something that really works mm. for dudes. I don't know how it would work for <laughs> women. We'd be like, oh, can we get a coffee? Like, <laughs> Can we get a coffee? Um, 
when we were talking after service, I was like, oh, let me get your number so we can reach out to you. And you're like, I don't have a phone. <laughs> so what, I mean, obviously, like, nobody our age, except for you, has no phone. Well, I have a phone. I just, just don't not, have a number just, here. Got you. Okay, okay. Uh, so okay. you're still, you still have a phone. You still use social media. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're still yeah, on yeah. all those things. So we were just reporting about social media last night oh, and technology. Cool. So do you have particular methods that you put in place to where you limit um, your level of consumption or your distraction oh, or really uh, things like that. Like we talked about putting your phone on do not disturb, turning off text message notifications yeah. so that you just check them when you check them. Um, but with social media specifically, there's a very different grab. Yeah. Um, and especially you being not home, uh, that's a tool for you to keep up with everybody that is yeah. home. Um, so how do you limit, obviously with YWAM, you guys have a lot of, um, tasks and things that you have to do. So obviously yeah. there's time where you can't be on your phone, even yeah. if you really wanted to be. Um, but the free time that you do have when you're, you know, trying to live this relationship with God and, yeah. um, but you just see so many other things, what does that balance act look like yeah. for you? Like, how do you go about doing yeah. that? Yeah. I've wanted to delete social media apps like so many times, yeah. but I haven't been able to because it is the only connection I have mm. to home home. Oh, correct, like here. correct. Um, I don't have the Facebook app. I just have it up on Safari because gotcha. those, those videos that just keep playing one after another, like those yeah. things are a death trap. Like, honestly, right, like you right get up. so caught in them. Yeah. So in so that sense, I don't have notifications for Facebook mm. or Instagram. Okay. Um, um, I think... I don't know, just, like, I think the search action where you're, like, looking at people that you don't even know, that's right. where I'm, like... Explore. That's where you yeah, cut it off. That's yeah. just, for me, I've always been, like, I'm not even going to go there because I'm here because of my friends. Yeah. And I'm here because of connecting in that way, not yeah. necessarily creeping on other people's lives <laughs> to mm. know how to live mine. You know, like, I'm yeah. like I, don't, I don't need that. Yeah. So I think that's something I'm not perfect mm. at. Yeah. Um, I have a rule for myself. I don't watch Netflix during the week. Gotcha. I only do it on net, like on the weekends, on the, on the weekends just because otherwise your evening just gets like yeah. drawn Eaten out, yeah. and then you're like groggy the next morning when you need to get up and actually talk to God. Like it's just <laughs> you know it it, it overflows. So yeah. that's where I've kind of like drawn mm. the line with like screen time, whatever you yeah. call it. Yeah. Um, okay, screen time. I don't know. That's what they use for kids. Like <laughs> how much screen time they have. I don't mm. know. Um, a couple times I've had to put my phone on like airplane mode during yeah. like quiet time because I'm like, nah, there's too much going on. Too much going on. Um, so, mm. but is there too much going on here compared to London? Like, is there like is everybody really fast paced here more than? Oh London? yeah, yeah, wow. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Le London probably a similar amount. Nottingham, where I live now, is like Slower. a little bit more chill. Yeah, yeah. Um, but there's so many events, like people are constantly like, oh, do this, oh, let's do that. And you can really fill your week, which is good, but also Bad can be that. quite, yeah. Um, yeah, mm. quite harmful. You good? I'm good. I'm I, good too. I got some good notes. I, I want to go journal. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Cool. Me too. That. Honestly, I'm like reminded <laughs> of so many things. I'm like, oh my gosh. Yeah. Good. Um, well, thank you again for your time. Um, you go back to Nottingham. Not enough. Not enough. Um, <laughs> there you go. On Saturday, Sunday. 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 Yeah. So my sister gets married tomorrow. Mm. Oh my gosh. And gotcha. then we've got one day. One day. Okay. Well, yeah. if you could end us out in a word of prayer, that would be oh heck absolutely yes. fantastic. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Cool. <clears throat> yeah, God, I thank you for your little reminders even during this last hour. I thank you because you are good. And I just pray over us and everybody listening that you would just remind us deep in our spirits that you are a good Father who calls and equips, God. So where there have been pricks in our hearts or reminders, God, I ask that you would um, come and sweep in with your goodness and remind us that um, trusting you is the best decision that we can make, God. So I just pray even for the Bay Area and for the people that are listening, wherever they are, God, I pray that you would continue to build your kingdom, that you would continue to equip us as your as your warriors, God, that we would recognize who we are um, and who you are and in that live our lives, God. So we just, we thank you because it's all about you and your character. And we just, yeah, we praise you. I thank you for this time, for your blessing in Jesus' name. Amen.
Amen. Amen. I love it. I love it. Equipping. Um, It's, you know, when you go, somebody that's been fighting longer than you have and they're able to teach you tips and tricks and techniques and, oh, well, this is what I saw. So, you know, and it just, you know, like you could take it in so many different uh, you know, when you have veterans on ath- on the sports teams and they're yeah. able to teach all the young guys, like, this is what you're going to see. This is what you can expect. And I think it's uh, it's great for us. Obviously, we, we got a lot out of this. Um, but I know it'll be really good for some of the people listening, too. So. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So cool. thank you again. You're welcome. Um, it's been awesome.